this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to this edition of the in focus podcast from the hindu this is k bharat kumar the semiconductor ecosystem in india has been a buzz with energy for the past few months now the government has announced benefits to help bring in manufacturers corporate announcements have also started trickling in vedanta has allied with foxconn for its foray the ismc of israel has signed an mou with the state of karnataka in all this there still lingers the question should india seriously spend its funds and effort over setting up such a manufacturing ecosystem if it should what lessons could it take away from similar efforts made in the past which had largely fizzled out to help us understand some perspectives we have with us today niju vijayan partner at avantium advisors he has had long years of exposure to the electronic system design and manufacturing industry of which semiconductors are a part welcome niju thank you bharat so let's dive into these questions that we have for you first off what is your take on the government's most recent scheme for the semiconductor industry is it at all a valid aspiration to be a center a hub for semiconductor manufacturing or um, you know is the loss on other counts you know people have talked about ecological loss or opportunity cost of not subsidizing another industry that could be more manpower intensive and create jobs is it all worth it here all right uh, you know it's part uh, hard question part philosophical so let me try to answer it in the best uh, mix that i can Uh, but before that i think i will uh, try to uh, answer the first question on the government's recent s- schemes and what's my take on it so i would call it uh, you know one the we are talking about the four schemes which are targeted uh, defabs displays uh, osat which is also atmp as industry would know it and also dli which is on the design so let's call it the quad right uh, which india kind of identifies very well nowadays so this quad uh was launched in december 2021 after a long set of deliberations that happened with the industry and within the government and i think there were a lot of triggers we'll come to that uh in some time in terms of what triggered these uh and why we are here today especially discussing this uh, uh these schemes and what's the going to be the outcome so i would say that in terms of these schemes uh, or rather the larger uh, picture which is the focus on semiconductor is simply unprecedented uh, you know i have been associated with this industry uh, since 2005 and i can say that probably this is the time when i have seen two uh, waves in the past uh, but this probably the one wherein i have uh, probably got the maximum level of confidence that this time we are going to get through with this so i would term this as a huge positive step for the esdm industry uh we have had discussions debates in production of you know various schemes in the past but uh, what one of the key differentiating aspect here what i see is that the 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 government of the day has appreciated and felt strongly about the semiconductor as a critical building block for the electronic industry and as as a whole for the economy and why we think uh, it's important uh, because uh, semiconductor industry is the one which can actually spawn a whole lot of uh, you know other companies in the ecosystem around it which can both be technology as well as manpower intensive i'm not saying that these will go hand in hand in all the cases 
but uh, some of them would be very technology intensive will have less but very focused and high quality manpower but others which is for example if you talk about the downstream in terms of uh, the actual systems products being manufactured there it could be quite manpower intensive so what this industry has is a great ability to drive growth upstream and downstream by the sheer presence of this industry in any geographical area now you ask me about the aspirations well i would say uh, see aspirations are aspirations and there is no ceiling to them right can india become a semiconductor powerhouse or a global hub uh, well i am not an astronomer to take a call on it but i would say only time can tell what it can but what we will look at is when we come up with schemes when we look at the future of an industry is of course one of the aspirations would be to replace one of the key semiconductor producing countries in future india can substitute that country or maybe a set of countries but let's be realistic here this is a highly highly complex technology and the other thing which adds to it is the dynamic uh, dynamism of the industry so it's complex technology and dynamism both at the same time so which means that the experience is a key element here and this can only come the earlier you start the better you look at countries like korea you look at japan you look at germany uh, us i mean they have been into semiconductors design uh, semiconductor fabs for a pretty long time so they have mastered the art over a period of time right so for them to kind of go through certain ups and downs manage the you know the entire uh, ecosystem around semiconductor is much more easier which is something which india will have to learn over a period of time so that's the reason why we say that uh, experience counts but uh, if i were to stick my neck out uh, i would say that in the short to the mid term the domestic market is something which indian semiconductor industry will address uh, and going forward also uh, i mean within the mid to the short term uh, short to the mid term sorry the exports will also play a, a smaller part in that but if the aspiration is to become a global player then exports has to become a key and a important component of your entire production excellent so if you had the year of the government now what would you flag and say you know what this is what we tried inadvertently or otherwise you know we didn't do this right but here's what you should watch out for these are the pitfalls don't do this uh, you know would you lay out say 10 steps five steps three three point agenda saying make sure you do this right essentially lessons from the past yeah i think that's a very good point and in fact uh, i would uh, one of the good things about uh, having the the kind of democratic setup we have which also has a very strong bureaucracy the bureaucracy stays uh, while the you know the political uh, uh, you know the the parties could come and go uh the bureaucracy is the one which uh, kind of leans on the the experience of the past what was done what was not done while i personally believe that comparison of a time period which is separated by say about 15 years in a dynamic industry like semiconductor is not fair but at the same time there are very interesting and contrasting highlights in each of these time periods and if i were to uh, bharat tell you that there was also a brief period during 2000 you know 13 14 i mean 13 to 15 there was again a, a renewed interest in uh, setting up uh, the semiconductor fabs which i think didn't last as long as the 2006 7 period uh, 
so if I were to really look at uh, what was a period that could compare with this was 2000, uh, you know, six, seven. That was a time when, uh, you know, I remember the semiconductor industry formed the association called the ISA. And they decided that, you know, it's time to uh, do something for India and not depend on imports because they saw one thing very clearly that the electronics is going to drive this world and electronics will be driven by semiconductors. So if India has to really uh, be self-reliant or at least not be dependent so much on imports, then it has to do something. So a band of companies and I mean, they were all the, you know, very big names in the industry who came together, formed the association and started a dialogue with the government. And I think that was the first time when uh, the bureaucracy and the political class uh, started to understand that this is not just any other industry, but it has got a, you know, a strategic importance attached to it. And uh, I remember, uh, you know, after I was involved in uh, the first semiconductor, you know, profiling uh, that was conducted in 2005-06 and that particular uh, you know report and the estimates of the industry was quoted by uh, the prime minister of that time mr manmohan singh uh, in the parliament saying that this is this big and we need to do something about it and hence came the special incentive package scheme the sips in 2007 now what went wrong uh, well i would say that uh, probably the the focus was too much on semiconductor fabs uh, while we also were looking at uh, why don't we focus on ATMP, but I guess uh, the time that we had was, uh, you know, we all, uh, there were a set of companies which were not very keen on ATMP, but rather we wanted, they wanted to bypass and straight away go into the, you know, the FAB itself. And FAB, we knew at that point of time itself was costing a few billions. Today, I mean, the, it has gone up by at least 2x to 3x. ATMP, you're talking about? Assembling and testing, right? Can you elaborate that? Yeah, the ATMP, sorry. So we are talking about the assembly, test, marking and packaging, which is the very next step after the uh, the wafers are fabricated in a fab unit. So uh, so we are talking about, so if you look at the, the difference is a, uh, you know, a digital fab, uh, you know, would cost anywhere, uh, you know, upwards of say around, you know, five to seven billion dollars uh, today uh, to an ATMP, which would cost a you know a fraction of that uh, but only thing is that yes you are not fabricating wafers but you are packaging it and marking it before it is sent out to the actual user so that's something which was one of the i if i were to critically look at it analyze it i would say that the focus was less on it so that's one thing but the other thing what happened externally i remember in 2007 was a time when semiconductor went through the typical cyclical phase so if you look at the semiconductor industry globally, every five years it goes through a, you know, a certain downturn. The downturn is primarily because you would have built capacities, the demand would have come down. And then, you know, once you start build, uh, you know, the demand picks up, then you don't have sufficient capacity, which is exactly the case right now. So that also kind of dampened the spirit of, you know, those potential investors. They said, that, okay, we have so much of capacity already sitting uh, out in different parts of the world, do we need to create one more? The other thing is that if you recall Intel, you know, did say, I mean, at that point of time, you know, if I remember Mr. Craig, who was a CEO, said that India missed the bus. 
uh, because India was a little late in coming out with a policy which was very keenly awaited by Intel to take a decision on it. So, well, I mean, we should not have a regret because, you know, everything has got a certain time and place to get things done. And that did happen. So that's the uh, thing which I would say was the context at that time. But if you were to cut this to 2021 and 22, things are vastly different. And one of the biggest difference that I would see is that, uh, you know, while we have learned from there, we have also understood the importance of physical infrastructure. In the last 15 years, the, the power scenario in the country has, you know, Im vastly improved uh, while water shortage continues to be there. And this requires, you know, millions on, of gallons of water and that will be the purest form of water for processing. But these are things which I think is manageable. So the key learning is that there has to be stability in policies. There has to be timely action. And other thing which I would see today is that uh, the states are extremely aggressive compared to what they were at that time. 2006, 7 there were only two states which were which understood the importance of semiconductor. That was Karnataka and uh, the undivided Andhra Pradesh at that time. And they were the ones who were you know fighting among themselves to fighting when I say in a, a constructive sense trying to attract the investment to their respective states. And that's how you had the, you know, the, the semiconductor city that was formed in Hyderabad. So that's the thing. But today we have a lot more options and uh, the situation is vastly different. And the underlying principle on which companies would today look at is the demand and more stable policies and a more stable political environment, I would say. Uh, I noticed just as a, an onlooker, um, you know, interested in this industry, I see that big names, TSMC of Taiwan, Intel, uh, Texas Instruments, these names haven't sort of uh, made it to the headlines yet in terms of announcements. So do you think that they do still have some reservations? They're probably studying the fine print saying, because obviously it's not a small investment, it runs into billions of dollars and significant commitment over a period of time uh, and quantum of funds. So do you think something is holding them back? Maybe the the market that we promise um, versus the uh, subsidies of stocks, the benefits that the government offers, there is a mismatch there. And, you know, probably a company, a large company like TSMC is waiting for, you know, further benefits to come and what the government offers is not enough, but a bit more than it makes sense for us to come here, set up units and start supplying locally. Do you think that's what is run, running in their minds? You you did answer, Bharat, uh, the first part of it, which is, uh, you know, the investment is significant. So we are talking about a highly, highly capital intensive industry. So, I mean, the numbers I'm talking about runs into billions, right? And when you try to find that kind of resource and put it into one particular country, you need certain guarantees there, right? And those guarantees are not just from the, uh, you know, the government, uh, and the governments which will come in future, but it's also to do with, uh, you know, the commercial interests. Uh, so when you talk about TMCMC or TI uh, or Intel for that matter, I mean, Intel, by the way, is now showing interest through its subsidiary company, the Tower uh, of uh, Israel. So the fact is that, you know, they, they would definitely have a abundant amount of caution exercised before they take the plunge because of the investments that is involved there. So I would, one is that I would uh, look at uh, this in uh, a slightly phased manner. And that according to me is the thinking on part of the government. The government is saying is that 
uh, even the scheme would very uh, clearly articulate that we are talking about two semiconductor fabs to come in and we are talking about multiple ATMPs to come in, which in turn can generate so much revenues. So the idea is that we would like to kind of, you know, drive these two engines together. Uh, and that's something which will ensure that, so at least on the semiconductor fab, you have two, uh, you know, interested parties or two consortium uh, that has come forward to do it. Uh, on the ATMP side, there could be many more. So for example, when we say TSMC, TMCC, I mean, while it's a fab, but it also has a uh, lot of, uh, you know, associate companies, which does the ATMP. So it could be, that the TSMC might have their associate company come and do their, uh, you know, ATMP activities in India. Or uh, TI might say that, look, uh, you know, I'm finding it difficult to operate in some other place and would wait to see what are the, you know, the final details of these policies and how things are panning out. So if I'm a smart businessman, what I will do is I would look at someone to take the first step, enter this market, try to do something. And if they find that things are going fine for them, I mean, at a, a date which is not too far in future, they might also try to enter. So the thing is that, uh, and also we also need to understand that the last two years has been, uh, or at least the last one year, one and a half years has been extremely tough on the industry because the utilization rates have been at its peak because there is a semiconductor demand. It is not being fulfilled. Vehicles are not being able, uh, are not being launched laptops new models are not coming out because there is a semiconductor you know shortage so all of them have been trying to invest the and uh, you know focus their energies on things which are looking at how do we get more out of the existing units and efficient one rather than look at new investments so new investments are also happening but is india on the top of the agenda while uh, you know for some of them they are and i can say it with authority because there was a recent delegation which came on behalf of the large semiconductor companies from US had some good level of interactions with the government and went back with a positive, uh, you know, report to give back to their clients. So that is also happening. But right now, I would say that uh, some of the concerns could still be that will these policies be stable? Because for a large investment, you need a 15 to 20 years of visibility that no one is going to tamper with these policies. No one is going to bring about any retrospective taxation or anything like that. And so there has to be a fair amount of guarantee that has to be given that is there and other is on the social environment they would also i mean all these country uh, you know big investors they hail from countries where uh, you know for them uh, there is a certain amount of sensitivity built around the social uh, you know environment and the stability so that's something which india needs to work on a little more i believe besides the infrastructure part which is manageable according to me okay so, I mean, even if an average software services company sets up, uh, you know, space office anywhere in India with 2,000, 3,000 people, typically they don't seem to depend on the government for supply. They make sure that they have their own tankers and so on and so forth. So how does, how do you anticipate somebody setting up a manufacturing unit here? And obviously you cannot have the, the workflow stopping just because, you know, somebody had delayed delivery of water, uh, you know, it's, it's just... Just imagining it seems too silly for uh, the whole uh, workflow to stop, right? So do you imagine uh, anticipating companies who set up shop here to not depend on the government for supply of power? And uh, power, of course, they, they, they have to take off the grid. I don't think they have a choice unless captive power units are allowed and there are norms there. Um, and if, they, if you've heard something on those lines, please feel free to elaborate. But on water, 
what do you think uh, is the situation because you said that is something that could be managed when you say managed is it because they could uh, the companies could arrange their own supplies is that what happens over there okay uh, so varathi we, we know that the water is something which is uh, you know uh, on the concurrent list uh, of the constitution so both the central and the state government legislate on that and it has become one of the precious commodities uh, in the past couple of decades uh, having said that uh, there are states which uh, still have decent or abundant amount of water and they are the ones who are actually pitching themselves with this potential investor saying that look i mean one of those critical uh, input areas is something that we have at our end but uh, in terms of processing and all that was a matter of uh, you know technology and the uh, you know the infrastructure to go with it but in terms of the raw feed we would have that kind of a, uh, you know availability of water so this becomes more like a state one uh, and the state is going to work in tandem with the central government to look at you know which would be the potential areas that they can look at and the central government will also be advising these potential investors on which are the you know the likely locations that they can look at so it is not a grim scenario for sure but um, i mean india definitely is not uh, a country which has got uh, you know excess water resources so it has to be uh, something which the government will have to uh, you know provide because there is no private sector involved in water at this point of time in terms of supply they are in terms of processing but uh, when it comes to the supply it has to be the government and any investor will look at that guarantee to come straight from the government so you know so far we've been talking about just the manufacturing because that's what sort of uh, got the interest of the media all up uh, we've never done this before and there is some interest now and it's all exciting so but if i have to take a step back and look at the larger ecosystem and you know you had for sure the electronic system design and manufacturing industry as a whole of the semiconductor manufacturing is only a part uh, you know we've heard that from a system design and software development uh, perspective india has had uh, you know somewhat of an upper hand over the past two decades with, with the semiconductor manufacturing and atmp is coming up uh, could it actually spur other parts of the system where we already strong but actually help us uh, reach greater heights is that at all a valid absolutely varuth uh, the point here is that uh, as i mentioned in the beginning that the semiconductor in, uh, industry is the one which has got the the great ability to drive growth both upstream as well as downstream now what is the semiconductor i mean we are talking about fabrication which will be uh, you know preceded in terms of activities by uh, you know uh, the raw material processing so we are talking about uh, significant amount of gas we are talking about different chemicals we are talking about machinery so all this will have to uh, are the inputs into the fab so you will you will have those industries which can grow that is one then you will have the you know the semiconductor manufacturing that itself would be i mean though it is highly automated but you still would require highly skilled people uh, and going forward as as the industry grows you will find more and more people getting attracted to it then we are talking about the atmp which is the next step which will package that and then we are talking about it going into the downstream products so the products which are you know as simple as the the buds that we buy uh, from apple or samsung to your mouse to the laptop to the cars to the you know the aircrafts everything will have you know the semiconductors going into it so those in turn will find that 
there is a manufacturing and you will come closer to the manufacturing to ensure that your design specifications are taken care of and there is no time lag with respect to the design to the actual implementation. And that is what we have seen around the world. So you take Korea, for example, I mean, some of the largest brands have come out of the place and they have a huge semiconductor industry. Take the case of Japan, they started the semiconductor industry. They have, I mean, the entire uh, ecosystem of products to design services, everything around it, right? US, the same case, Europe, that's the same. China would have been more focused on manufacturing, but at the same time now they will, and if you look at the end product today, I mean, why do we import a whole lot of electronic products from China is because it's much more feasible to manufacture it there because you have the components getting manufactured there itself. So that's definitely going to happen. And that's one of the reasons why semiconductor is critical to the growth of ESDM industry. And if ESDM industry were to grow, I think, you know, the aspiration level of the 5 trillion economy that we keep talking about, that's something which if it has to happen, it has to be driven from the electronics. So, yeah, one final point on this, um, uh, especially, you know, knowledge industries, uh, they have been, you know, sort of stopped in their tracks if they have not concurrently planned on skill development. You think uh, semiconductor is one such uh, which requires knowledge and, you know, now is as good a time as any to start on skilling, making sure that syllabus or syllabi in um, universities actually changes. There's some addendum or inputs from this industry. You think that's happening or maybe is it a conversation for later? Absolutely. Very, very important point. And, I, uh, you know, as I see, as I hear, uh, there is definitely a, uh, what do you say, a good amount of debate that's happening around it and also some amount of action has started. While we would like the pace of that action to pick up uh, much faster than what it is today. Now, why uh, the skilling is important is the same, uh, you know, the argument that we have that is going to drive the ecosystem development. Now, this development can stop in its tracks if the skilling is not there. Because uh, one is that India has got a huge, you know, uh, population demographic dividend is, uh, you know, ensuring that there are a lot of people who are educated at a certain level. But in terms of they being prepared for the industry, there has to be, uh, you know, investment going into it. And that is where we think that semiconductor growth can, uh, you know, help open up opportunities in many, many areas. And second is that when you, when we, and these are all, uh, you know, I would say brute majority of that would be in the knowledge-based, uh, you know, uh, segments of this industry. You take some of those leading technologies which are driving this driving the world today or will drive the world for example if you take artificial intelligence to machine learning to uh, you know augmented reality or virtual reality drones these are all based on you know how you design the semiconductor for a certain application so you need to have that knowledge in terms of hardware you need to have the knowledge in terms of how the design has to be done uh, the coding all this will be part of that so imagine if this has to be kind of, you know, multiplied by the number of opportunities that are around. We are talking about millions of opportunities that will open up if we were to drive this industry. But yes, the skilling is definitely required. And one thing which we see is that uh, many of the academic institutions, those who have the power to, uh, you know, bring about the change in their, uh, you know, curriculum, 
they are already doing that they are making it more tuned towards what's the, the current flavor is or what this is going to drive uh, others probably will lose out uh, the government is also pushing quite hard uh, through the uh, you know the academic circles to ensure that the industry also becomes part of it and uh, brings in the kind of right uh, you know the inputs to redesign the curriculum excellent so, uh, listeners, as you've heard, uh, looks like uh, this is a good time to either be in the semiconductor industry or watch it from sidelines. All exciting times. The future looks bright and rosy. We'll wait to see how it um, rolls out and come back to you with further inputs as we go along. Stay tuned. Absolutely. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.